0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Pin the Q Podcast, where preserving the culture and traditions of the fire service is our priority. For more information, visit www.pintheq.com and subscribe to Pin the Q Productions on YouTube. It's our honor to showcase the best of the bravest.
1: the Pentecube Productions, the Pindicu Podcast. We are here in Sleepy Hollow, New York. Know the place to be in October, that is for sure, in this really cool historic firehouse with these amazing doors. May not catch a dry immediately. Absolutely love it. Chief, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. It's an honor. Tell everybody who you are. My name is John Krasus. I'm the chief of the Sleepy Hollow Volunteer Fire Department. And one thing to point out in Sleepy Hollow, it's a uh, volunteer department and you have three stations, correct? Three stations. Yep, and five companies. Five companies and three stations, which is awesome. Uh, we're gonna get to that when we talk about the history of the department and how that works, because that in itself is a pretty unique setup.
2: Oh, it sure is sometimes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna talk about that, which is really cool. Um, we wanted to do a Halloween episode. We couldn't think of any other place to be, except Sleepy Hollow. I've been here in the past, but never under these circumstances. Uh, and getting to walk around, see the city is really cool. Yep. The kind of uh, attraction it
2: brings. Oh, well, yeah. We're very busy this time of year. It's great for us. I love it. A lot of people who live in the community are like, oh, there's too many tourists. I'm like, oh, why So they are coming here? I think it's great for a month, month and a half. It's fantastic. Chief, so talk to me a little bit about the history of this department and modern day. So I could tell you, well, we started in 1876, uh, was our first company was formed. So obviously now here we are in 2021. When I first got in 1984, you come to our company meeting and there'd be 50, 60 guys in each company wow. at a meeting night. You would literally, at a meeting, have to say, all right, only use seven or eight guys in go on a truck. Now times have changed, just like everywhere else, especially right outside of New York City. Right. It's very expensive to live here, so we're getting a little thin in the herd. Uh, when I first got in, when you joined one company, you never went to anyone else's calls, just theirs. Now it's completely different. We answer everyone's calls, all of our drivers are cross-trained. Uh, back in the day when I got in, you never even thought about driving someone else's truck. Now we're to that point where you don't have much of a choice. So that's a big shift in culture. Oh, absolutely is. Uh, Later on, you were speaking to Deputy Chief Richie Gross, he can really tell you he's been in probably 50 years. Yeah, it's a completely different culture now.
1: Chief, talk to me a little bit about um, some of your response areas and, and, you know, especially with all the people in this this time of year, October. um, And you said it kind of starts in September, right? Yep. Um, Tell me. How, is, how it is for you guys with all these type of pe- all these
2: people in this area? Well, we're 2.2 square miles, and we're roughly the census says about 13,000, probably closer to 15 or 16,000 people. Then you throw the tourists in, right? Right. So anytime we get an alarm, first thing I do is on the radio. See a caution on this street, multiple pedestrians, and they are mostly along our main corridor, where it's the old Dutch churches, the Bell Cemetery, and that's where made. most of our runs are up north. So you got to really be careful when the guys are responding, all the tourists are out. We talk about modern day, what for you is the coolest part about being a fire department here in Sleep the Hollow for you? For me, it's a camaraderie. I mean, you know, we're a really tight bunch here. Right. Uh, like I said, we're 2.2 square miles, probably do about 400 runs a year, catch two or three jobs, do a lot of traveling with our FAST team and mutual aid, and we're just getting our marine unit back on. We have the biggest jurisdiction on the Hudson River in Westchester. So we went out of boat for a while, so we're finally getting ready to purchase a boat again. Oh, that's awesome. back on the Hudson's great. Yeah.
1: And that's certainly gonna boost a lot of morale too. That's a whole nother aspect to the department that
0: you're to offer.
2: Absolutely, the yeah. other thing was uh, we did a LOSAP program. We talked earlier, if anyone doesn't know, it's Length of Service Awards program. It's basically retirement for volunteer firefighters. We're one of the last ones in Westchester County to get it. So it's a recruitment and retention uh, tool. And so far it's worked out. So what it does is the members that are here, they have to make X amount of alarms, drills, and everything else you have to a point system so it actually brings more people out to alarms we're getting people to come out to drills we're having more drills more people are coming out to meetings we're having more meetings so it's actually a very good tool so if anyone out there watching if you can get it in your community, do it. Yeah, it's a great incentive program for just what you said, trying to get
1: more more involvement. Um, and, and again, that's a big shift in culture from back in the day when you didn't have to do that.
2: Absolutely, yeah. when I was when I first got in, like I said, you'd have to beat guys off, you know, off the truck with a yeah. stick or get there quick, and right. uh, not now. You know, now it's, you know, we average probably nine or 10 per run, which is pretty good for us, but in the daytime, we're really struggling. Uh, I work for the DPW in the daytime, Department of Public Works, and there's five or six guys that are down there, and we have a couple guys that are retired, so we do okay in the daytime, but again, when I was younger, there'd be 20, 25 guys rolling in the daytime. We also had the General Motors plant down at the far end of town, it's not there anymore, so if there was a big fire, they would let all the firefighters out of there. Wow. Most of the people who worked there lived in the town, so most of them were firefighters, so I used to empty General Motors, and we had a really big fire. So it's not that way today, but we hold our own. That right, good for you. Talk to me a little bit about uh, what this
1: means this time of year for you guys as a fire department. I mean, do you take advantage of that?
2: We 100% do. Uh, so we are volunteer, and our budget is supplemented by taxpayers. It's a very small budget. So we have a charity. We donate to a scholarship fund every year, so we have to raise funds for that. Oh, that's great. Uh, if we have a big fire, we have a big meeting, we have to buy our own food. We can't use the village budget for that. So this time of year is great for us because we sell yeah. t-shirts. Uh, you know, uh, we have a block party. We have a street fair. We have four or five events in a month and we set up shop right on our main drag and I can't tell you how many t-shirts we are. I'd love to give you guys t-shirts, but we're all sold out. We have and, more and yeah, coming you in. you sold out, right? Yeah, we yeah, absolutely awesome. sold out. Uh, people hit us up on Instagram and Facebook. Right. We had one specific design with a pumpkin. It's a new design. And yeah, we sold it. It's awesome, man. It sold right out it's in awesome. two seconds. Uh, you know, So we're gonna get them back up and running, but most of our fundraising comes through that. And we also do a boot drive on our main drag. So we catch all the tourists and we do very well there. So that keeps us going through the rest of the year and want to do, have picnics or stuff like that. And like I said, for our scholarship funds, we donate a lot of money to charities too. That's great. So we actually have a Halloween shirt for breast cancer awareness. So we, we give the money to uh, the Susan B. Coleman Foundation. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Talk to me about the, uh, obviously the Headless
1: Horseman. I mean, you must get bombarded with people, questions you know, about, about that. I
2: mean, talk, talk to me about that. My favorite thing is people come and go, is it true? There's a headless horseman here. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the guy runs up and down the street every night. No, it's great for the town. I mean, you know, originally our village was called North Tarrytown, which always drove me crazy as a kid because I used to go to the Jersey Shore and they were, where are you from? From North Terrytown. Where's that? Did you ever hear the legend of Sleepy Hollow? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So back in the 90s, the village decided, hey, the old Dutch church is here. The story was written here. It's written about our heir, Let's change our name. Once we did that- Smart. It was a great move. More yeah. people started coming to the village, and for us, it's exciting because when you go to other departments, you give out your patch. You guys know you give out yeah. patches, yeah. shirts. Once you say "Sleepy Hollow," first thing they're like, "You got a patch? You got yeah, a shirt?" Yeah, yeah. So across the street at our wall, we got patches from all over the world—from Russia, Ireland, right. uh, Spain—and then everywhere in the United States of America. It's fantastic. And we're fortunate enough now to have
1: our patch on that wall, that which is 100%. Per- which is
2: pretty cool. It was nice. We got
1: a got the pin up there, which which is awesome. What do you say your members coming in someone wants to join what do you tell them about your response area what do you tell them about your department what do you want to see
2: so our our response here is very unique we have urban and suburban we have three high-rises 10 stories and a lower end of the village we have a huge senior center uh adult living center up in the north end with four or five hundred residents we got a huge the inner village is 150 years or older so it's all wood frame, bloom construction. Nice. On top of that, at the end of our street, where General Motors used to be, they're in the middle of building 1100 brand new townhomes. Oh wow! So we have a huge mix. We also have part of the Rockefeller State Preserve. It's in our district. And we have the Hudson River. Right. So when you come into our department, you're gonna do a little bit of everything. I know like if you're in the Midwest or something, you're doing a lot of farm rescue stuff here, you're gonna do a little bit of everything. So that actually attracts people to our department. You're gonna fight a fire in a high-rise, high you're gonna be in a, an old wooden structure, or you could possibly be in a new structure. So for firefighting aspect, it's great, especially young kids. So we try to recruit from the high school. We have a junior corps. You can join our department of 14. So we'll bring you in, let you ride the truck, let you put the gear on, help us clean up, which is awesome. Then when you're 16, in New York State, you can actually take firefighter one. Upon completion, of that with your parent's permission, you can actually go into a fire. So it's a big incentive because wow. if you have a 14 or 15 or 16-year-old kid and they're not busy, yeah. they're just going to fade away. They're going lose interest. So we try to keep them interested. We bring them out on our drills, we let them run the hose lines, we let them do as much as we can as they're allowed to and it's worked. Uh, we have My assistant chief right now, Steven, started when he was 14. He's 26 years old, he's now my second assistant chief. Oh, that's awesome. So it, it has, has paid great. off dividends and we have a bunch of the kids still left. We actually got two new members just getting ready to finish firefighter one, graduated high school last year. So it's working out great for us.
1: It's great for you too to see as a chief, you know, and, and you live, living here, working in the town, I mean, that that for you, I mean, you got your finger on the pulse yeah. in Sleepy Hollow, which is awesome. Uh, and that's a tremendous asset to the department. It must be cool for you to see
2: these kids come up. So the great thing is for a while, I'm 56, and when I was in my 40s, I was the young guy. So it was a little scary. There was a huge age gap between young kids and me. Now that's starting to fill in, it's making me really happy because kids are interested they right. want to take all the classes, they want to get out, they want to get on the hose line, they want to get up in the ladder, they want to do work, they want to drill. They're very motivated. Yeah. And to start bringing the young kids in like that, it's great. Because I know at some point, and we all know, at some oh, point yeah. we're not going to be able to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. So to see a nice young group coming up and show interest and really be involved, want to be in on everything, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah,
1: I can't even think about that. It's going to happen though at some point, oh, like, yeah. we're, we're going to fade out and we're going to be sitting in those chairs. But Yeah, we will be I guys in the back of the room complaining. Yeah. Chief, I really appreciate you talking to me about the modern day sleepy hollow i mean the last question i'll ask you about modern day is with five five companies yep what's the response so, so well, if we get a box go?
2: alarm an automatic alarm everybody goes three engines the ladder and a rescue truck okay so on car accidents we have one engine and a rescue go with the tool and then on car accidents we send the rescue i mean car fires we send two engines and a rescue no kidding. And that, Are you dispatched by the village or you dispatched so by the So we county? used to be dispatched by the police department, and then we switched over to Westchester County Department of Emergency Services. It's way better, uh, they have a wider, so we, know, we work off of pagers right, right. and iPhones, so their range is a lot better than the PD used to be. They have more of the tools that we need, they have the CAD system, mm-hmm. so if there's anything uh, that's in a building or a hazardous condition, they can let us know right away. So for us, we went to them and it's been great ever since. And who's your first in Mutual Aid company, Department? So on uh, my 1075 plan, I have an engine ladder from Terrytown, which is right to the south of us. We have a company up the hill, Pecanical Hills, is another engine that comes right away. Our fast team is like a town over from Valhalla. Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah, so everyone, they get here really quick. And Terrytown's great in Pecanical Hills because they are right here. So and we all, we're all in everyone's 1075 plan. That's awesome. So something bangs off. First of all, everyone's at the firehouse listening to the scanner. Oh yeah. yeah. So if we get dispatched or something, like people will start calling me and you know, they're like, hey, what do you got? I'm like, yeah, I'm the chief. I'm trying to be in charge. Wait for the tone to drop. <laughs> yeah. But you know, guys, are, guys and the girls are always listening. Yeah. But when we get a 1075, we get a quick response and everyone comes heavy. So we're That's very good. fortunate. Awesome. Westchester County is very densely populated. There's like 50-something fire departments in one county. Wow. So, you know, you swing a stick, you're going to hit 15 different (laughs) departments. So you're going to be all right with mutual aid.
1: we got a lot more coming at you here from Sleepy Hollow, New York.
3: Continuing our uh, great visit here to Sleepy Hollow, the uh, fire department here in Sleepy Hollow, New York, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself.
0: My name is Richard Gross. I'm presently a deputy chief of the Sleepy Hollow Fire Department, past chief of the fire department twice. First time was nice, second time I should have thought about it, but <laughs> it ended up in a nut ward. But um, I enjoy this fire department and I enjoyed my time in there also. Awesome. So, Chief Gross, we
3: walked up into what I'm going to call the fire history throne. I am thoroughly amused with everything that I see up here, uh, and I I feel like I should be, you know, bowing down up here, as you guys say. Tell me a little bit about this room. What do you call it? What's
0: going on up here? People across the street, they call it the temple. The temple. Because um, generally, this place is immaculate. Um, The history of the village and the fire department is all in um, scrapbooks over that wall. They go back to 1900. Wow. There's a couple of clippings in there that go back to 1890, 1893. Um, so anything you want to know about this village and this fire department is
3: here. Now, Chief Gross, do you get, do you see a lot of members that, you know, come up here and? And you know, peruse through stuff. Do you get new members that'll come up here and spend some time and look it through things?
0: Yeah, any any members that we have from out of town oh. that come here or are amazed at this room. They would love to have this room in their firehouses. Um, as you can look around this room, uh, all you see is memorabilia. Um, we have the old the first hose jumper that we had. Which is amazing that you guys still have that. Yeah, and in fact that was loaned to the Pecanical Hills Fire Department uh, when they started their fire department. Uh, we gave them that hose jumper to use. Um, when they got their own equipment, they naturally returned it to us. Right. And we've kept it in good shape. It's been in parades. Um, when we do have to use it, we have to take the uh, wheels off and they have to be soaked in water. So they will expand to keep the metal band that's around the uh, wheels. Wow! Yeah, it's a little bit of a uh, a chore to do it. Now, Chief Gross, let me ask you: Do you get do you
3: find that members want to take part in uh, you know preserving this history up here? I mean, this is you know when our viewers see what. Is up here. I mean, I'm just amazed not only at how much you have, but the condition that it's in. How do you, how do you guys focus on on keeping everything um, so preserved? Uh, we've been looking into preserving
0: these scrapbooks, um, but the cost is astronomical. Sure. So we do the best we can with the books. Like I say, some of the older ones are starting to turn yellow, and they're getting very uh, rigid and. They can break very easily. You know, I, I know some companies kind
3: of make it a priority to, to teach their new members the history of the company. I mean, I'm huge into to fire history, books, history of your company, where you came from. Um, do you find that you guys really you know when you get a new member and you get a probationary fireman, do you try to make the history of the company, you know, a part of their their training regiment when they start here?
0: Yeah, we when we do bring in a new member, we open the doors to them. Right. This is your firehouse. Um, you can upstairs here mostly is for meetings. Uh, the apparatus for, and then we have a basement that used to be bowling alleys Mm -hmm. which we turned into a recreation room and we tell them it's yours to use. Don't abuse it. Um, don't ruin anything that's in here because everything in here has a value to it. Right. Um, we just let them do what they want to an extent. Yeah, I mean, this is a
3: a tremendous asset and tool to have, um, you know, and I I would like to think that as a a new fireman or someone that comes in here, I mean, you'd want to spend tons of time up here because I would. I would want to spend tons of time uh, going through everything. I mean, you have a bookshelf over there with with tons of books, countless uh, trophies as I look around, awards, plaques. Um, Talk to me a little bit behind us about the ribbons. What's all the ribbons on the wall back here?
0: Um, They've been ribbons that have been picked up. Uh, starting back in the early 1900s okay, and uh, convention parades, um, uh, different events, sure. historical events. Um, there may be one up there from the uh, uh, Hudson uh, Fulton okay. Day Parade that they had. Um, they're just astronomical. They used to be in a box. Uh, in fact, we got that tri- that case came from, uh, I forget what the, the uh, name of it is, but prisoners make them. No kidding. Yeah. And we bought that in those, cavern- those two cases downstairs that you've seen. Right, yes. Similar yep. to that. They mm-hmm. came from a uh, prisoner's workshop. That, the fact that you guys have
3: managed to retain all of that is, is, is awesome. And, and you should be proud of that. I mean, um, you know, just looking around at all the trophies, uh, I do want to get a chance to look at everything before we go. Um, and did I hear correctly, you, you hold meetings up
0: here? Yes, uh, first Tuesday of every month. Okay. When I first joined this company back in 1973, we would get 45 to 50 members every first Tuesday of the month. When you had the annual meeting, which is in April, first uh, Tuesday in April, where that jumper is back there, we just have to set up about 10 rows of chairs of Five in a row, because at those meetings, we used to get anywhere between 60 and 75 members. Wow. It was, and and as a new member, you sat in the back and you didn't say a word. <laughs> that's if, that's if, you, if you did get to say something, some of the older members say, ah, sit down. You so know. It's
3: funny you bring that up, because, you know, obviously a lot of our show that we have is promoted on uh, tradition, you know, and... um you know, I think you see a lot of uh, newer generation firemen kind of tend to sway from, from the traditional values and tradition of the fire service. Um, you know, so I think it's so important to, you know, for the, for the senior guys to, like yourself, to promote that to the newer members and
0: teach them. We have a very small membership in this company here. Okay. Um, I always love when we take in a new member mm-hmm. to help them along. Sure. Uh, firematically, teach them the ropes. Um, showing them actually what to do when they come in the front door. They're the first one in the firehouse. Right. Um, if you look on downstairs on the alarm uh, board, we used to have phantom boxes. Okay. And we had in the streets, we actually had pull boxes, but there has to be anywhere between 60 and 75 different locations. Right. Try to teach them, and we used to have a phone that went directly to the police headquarters. Okay. We used to teach them, open the doors, pick the phone up get the location of the alarm if the police tell you it's a general alarm coming in there's a ticker tape we taught them how to read the ticker tape and then look up up on the board so when a driver comes in they will tell them it's box blah 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 and it's at this location so the driver knows he doesn't have to stop and read the tape I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm so
3: geni- excuse me, so jealous of that generation of the fire. You know, the the piece that I missed because I, I truly, you know, love the, the traditions and stuff like that. I mean, think about it. Now we have smartphones and pagers. I mean, your phone essentially can map you and tell you where to go, right. what what the the call is, what the run is, and you know, any hazards. Um, so so I am jealous of the fact that uh, you got to kind of grow through that generation. Um, so, going forward, specifically with, with this room and the history that's in it, what would you like to see? What, 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 do, what are your expectations of this room and for its future and, and um, you know, for years to come?
0: I'd like to see it kept the way it is. Um, we have a, a board of trustees that uh, want to eliminate firehouses. Um, this was mentioned as one of them, That'd be a shame. Uh, which is really ridiculous. And some of the trustees, former trustees, have told the existing board, really don't touch this firehouse yeah. because of the history that's in this firehouse. Um, just want to see it move forward and maintain the appearance that it is now. Um, the village itself uh, was incorporated in 1873. Wow. Before that time, it was called Beekman Town. OK. In 1873, the village got together. There was they were both combined with Tarrytown and Beekman Town. It was like one conglomerate, even though they're in Tarrytown's in the town of Greenberg. We're in the town of Mount Pleasant. Okay. when they split, we became North Tarrytown. And that was in 1873. Three years later, became the first Organized fire company, which was the fire patrol, which was basically organized to for when there was a fire for vandalism. They were like keeping tarps on things and keeping people out of the buildings. Sure. So nothing was being sold or sold. Um, then come back in 1887. They had a major fire. It was a book boundary plant, which actually burnt to the ground. There was no water system. It was all bucket brigades. Wow. And at that time, right after fire patrol was organized, mechanical hook and ladder was organized. Besides their ladders, they carried the leather buckets on the truck that they went to wells, creeks, wherever they can get water from. In 1887, right after that major fire, Rescue Hose was organized as the first engine company. They pushed the village to put in a water system, which was put in by the Pecanico uh, Water District, and it was starting. But they moved it along rather quickly. Then came the other second engine company, Union Hose. They were organized six month uh, a month after this company was organized. We were organized in November. 8th, 1887, Union Hose was December 10th, 1887. (laughs) Then they had a third engine came along in 1899. They were located on the upper part of the village, up in the hills, and they were called the Sleepy Hollow Hose Company. Their firehouse is still there to this day, but it's a residential firehouse. Okay. This company originally was located across the street in Central Firehouse, but at that time it was only rescue hose, fire patrol, and mechanical hook and ladder. Come the motorized years, the building that they were in, they could get the trucks in there, but they started looking around for other properties. Members of the board of trustees, the family, own the house at this location right now. Well, they got to move the house and to build this firehouse. Like physically move the house? They moved the house, it's still in this village (laughs) and there's pictures of it, either downstairs or in the basement of them propping the house up on wooden blocks. And then they pulled it with horses down the street and they had somebody pushing trees and stuff up. How cool. And then they built this building And the truck that was across the street came into this building. No kidding. In fact, this company actually put up money to buy the first uh, motorized uh, engine that they had. It was a Knox pumper. Then moving along, which this company was very proud of, we had an Allen Fox, 1931 Allen Fox. So if you ever heard one of them run, oh, it's <laughs> that's still <the> sound. <laughs> it's still around. It's in the Hall of Flame, out in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. When the company had its hundredth anniversary in 1987, I spearheaded a committee to bring the truck back. Really? And the owner of the museum was the president of the Erie Lackawanna Railroad, so he had all kinds of connections. And he agreed to, bring, to, to have it come here. And um, he said, we'll send the truck there, but you know, we're we'll putting it in your trust that you're only going to use it for the parade. We rode that truck every day around town. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it ran excellent. And like, you know, if you ever heard an Allen's Fox run. Yeah, yeah. It just you, had an Allen's Fox engine in it. It sound. was a thousand gallon pumper. And it lasted us from 1931 to 1960. Wow. When we bought a a Mack truck, Um, then we just progressed along with Pierce's and the other Pierce's. The only thing that we're not the first in is the motorized apparatus. Okay. I believe Columbia Hose Company, they had the first motorized apparatus in like 1911. Okay. And then we came along in 1913 with it. Wow. But the change in fire apparatus, fire equipment that I've seen, I got 49 years, next year I'll be actually 50 years, I've seen a major change in fire apparatus and the equipment that's used.
3: Have you found it easy to adapt to, you know, going from non-electric pump panels to now electric pump panels? and. How, how, how did, have you adapted to that?
0: I can adapt very easily. Yeah. It's hard training drivers sure. that are uh, members of like the ladder companies or a rescue company um, for them to understand the workings of a centrifugal pump. Correct And um, it's it's difficult, but they do pick it up. Um, I had to give one guy a crash course in how to work the pump because <laughs> our drivers list we used to have 15 drivers. Okay. Uh, We're down to basically about five drivers. So we do have the um, uh, cross-train drivers that will come over and and assist in getting the truck out. Um, Because you don't want the truck to sit idle because that's all you need the village to find out that the trucks are not getting out and they'll be on their high horses. um, Then you can't justify a (laughs) new one. The the hose and the uh, the Scott Packs. right? When I first joined, we had the canister packs that hung in front of you. Sure. I don't know if you remember yeah, those times.
3: Uh, I, I studied up, but yeah, I yeah.
0: wasn't around for it, but you yeah. know, definitely not. There's a little tab on the yeah. bottom that you had to take off to activate the carbon in it. Sure. And you couldn't get it wet. Right. If you got it wet, you were creating cyanide gas. That's a problem. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then they went to the Scott 1s, the Scott 2s, and now they got the 4.5s. Right. Um, which so is have a definitely evolved.
3: Like you know, like I said before, I'm, I'm definitely minorly jealous of of that time period where I think it would have been just a great time to to be a fireman. Um, but listen, uh, Chief Gross, like I said, the the, the knowledge that you have um, is amazing, and the knowledge, or so I should say the history that this company has is is just simply uh, amazing. I was blown away by the things that I see and, and hear. Um, so again, I. I I'm so grateful that you sat here and talked to me about it. I'm sure I'll talk to you a little more off camera, but it was great talking to you. Thank you, Chief Trust. Enjoyed
0: it.
1: Hey guys, as we wrap up here in Sleepy Hollow, New York, I wanted to talk to you real quick because I learned something cool about you, and that is that you started here as a junior.
4: That's correct. My name's Manny Rosario. I'm currently a captain of uh, the tower ladder we have here in town. I started uh, when I was, I uh, started at 17, right before my 18th birthday, currently 25 now. So, you know, I've had a uh, fun run these last six and a half, seven years. Yeah. Any family at all in the fire department? No, I'm the first in my family. So first generation. First generation. Tell me what it was like for you
1: being in your family as a first firefighter. What was it like?
4: Um, My parents at first were definitely skeptical. So they were not, not uh, too approving of it, but the uh, the more involved I got in it, the more they saw that I was passionate about it. Right. The more you know, they, they noticed I was with a good group of people. They were definitely happy that I made the right choice for myself, and now they're because they be more proud of me.
1: Talk to me about what it was like for you to join. I mean, we talked about your parents. What was it like for you to join? I mean, this is, you're walking into something totally different.
4: Oh yeah, it, I was the uh, I was the one friend of the group that wasn't in the fire department, so I had no knowledge of it at all. Right. Um, you know, totally outside to me, Not You could ask me like something back then. I was like, I have no clue. I gotta talk to these guys about it. But um, coming in, open arms, warm welcomes, and having guys like Richie, like Johnny, a bunch of older guys that I I had mentored me and you know show me the ropes. Um, It's definitely great, you know, getting to where I am now as to where I was back then. Absolutely. Um, Going around. Uh, second time as a captain now, going up for my third in April. So you know, just barely honored it where I am now, and you know, aspire to do great things. Tell me what it's like for you uh, to be a firefighter, and are you telling
1: people, "Hey, man, you got to do this. This is awesome." And I started out, and look, what, look at me now. Are you doing that?
4: Yeah, I got a lot of people asking me what it's like. Um, you know, I tell them, I give them a warning. It's not for everybody. It's right. not everyone's cup of coffee. It's a good point. That's uh, something that they got. It's a lot to take out on you. It's it's a lot of demanding. You know, right away, like Johnny said, it's a, at least 180 hours now. Just training. When I went through it, it was only 100. Right. But again, in the fire service, we're always progressing.
1: And, and 80 hours a lot. You talk about 180 hours. Yeah, and,
4: yeah and I'm 25. Like I said, yeah. guys that are older. You started at 100, now it's
1: 180. Just think about that transition in your little bit of time. Yeah? Right.
4: Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot, you know, um, for guys that are going in now that are, you know, a little younger than me that can handle it, you know, kids, kids are young, but if we have like, guys that are older than me that are starting to fire the business, it's hard, you know, they have, they have a life. Like, uh, like Johnny said, we're 100% volunteers, so right. it's we do, we do a lot of things on the outside of this place, but, you know, we, we put the work in, we put the time in, and, you know, it shows. Talk to me about what this department means to you personally. Um, I take great pride in being in this department, it's, you know, it's Sleepy Hollow, right. um, I get asked all the time, you know, is is it the Sleepy Hollow, I said no, it's it's the bread and butter, it's, right, it, right. It's, it is what it is, um, I get asked about the legend all the time, yeah. and, you know, I give my little take on it, because I ended up uh, learning a little bit more than uh, what people are told, so it's good to share my knowledge, and what's that? So, from what I've been told, actually, the, the legend it's the battle, it's a real story, but with some little fictional twists and, and tweaks there. So, the Headless Horseman, German mercenary from that uh, we had in, from Britain, and he was sent to kill people that revolted against the British Revolution. No kidding. So, yeah, um, he lost his head in battle, and then that's where the legend starts to take over of people seeing him still, you know, it's, he's, people are ending up dead, missing heads. Um, But yeah, it's it's a real historical story with some minor fictional uh, twists to it. And it, it. That makes the town so fun, right? I mean, oh it's, yeah, it's it's what uh, it's what brings the people in. Absolutely, yeah. So it's good to be part of that. I grew up in this town, you know. It's if uh, I see
1: him, by the way, I'm going the other way. I'm gonna yes. tell you, I'm going to put that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Fire building's no problem, <laughs> but headless,
3: headless horseman, horseman, that's that's where I gotta draw the line. A broad axe, you might yeah. wanna turn the other way. <laughs>
1: It's cool for, for you to be in a department that has such a cool culture. And uh, what's it like for you at your age to see the inside of a place like this, like the history of the fire department? Talk to me about that.
4: It's, it's all inspiring. It's, there's no words that can describe it. I still remember my first time coming through these doors and just seeing the history. And right. it's even to this day, I'm looking around now, and it's just like I can't, like, I missed out on the good stuff. I grew yeah. up in the wrong generation. Dude, that's such a good thing. I, I, I absolutely agree with you, man. Because I,
1: I, I, I feel like that too. I mean, we, we missed out on some really cool times in the fire service, you know, like the, the, the humble beginnings of the fire service, right? Yeah. And the history. I mean, I just love how the fire department keeps the tradition alive here. I mean, it's all right here. It's right, right in our face We're yeah. an opportunity. Hey guys, we're still upstairs here um, in what Chris called the museum. I think you also called it a museum. Well, that in the temple, but yeah. I may fall asleep in this couch, because it is super comfortable. <laughs> Chief, uh, a couple things. One one of the things that I liked about your department was how diverse it is. Talk to me a little bit about that.
2: So the village of Sleepy Hollow is a very diverse community. Uh, even when I was younger, when I was younger, it was Irish, Italian, Cuban, African-American, Czechoslovakian, everything. And then, as you know, usual in society, different people come in, so we have a huge Ecuadorian, Dominican population, and actually our current second assistant chief started as a junior, and he's our youngest chief, and he's the first Dominican-American chief. That's awesome. So, you know, it's always funny to hear people say, well, immigrants gotta assimilate. Well, come and sleep your hollow, because they have. They're the ones coming to your house for EMS, for fire, and your police. They've assimilated right into the community, they're leaders of the community, and that's what makes this community real unique, I think, for me. Right. the diversity. I mean, we have so many different restaurants in town. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you have Dominican, you have Ecuador, and you have Portuguese. You have Chilean. You have Italian. And obviously, you have Chinese. But I mean, if you walk down Sleepy Hollow, it's almost like a mini New York City in a respect that right. there's so many diverse communities here and different people here. It makes it absolutely outstanding. But they're in the fire department. They're they're your neighbors. They're the ones saving your lives. So sometimes when I hear all this crazy talk going on, I'm like you've never been to Sleepy Hollow, yeah, so, so cool. people should actually come and learn from Sleepy Hollow, be honest with you. What a great point, Chief, and, and
1: uh, you couldn't have said it any better, that is really good, and the fact that, you know, that is something that's important to you, as the Fire Chief, uh, speaks volumes of this department and of the culture of the department, and I think that, that's such a good uh, message for not only our views, but for everyone, really, I mean, this is, this is what it's about. Absolutely. Chief, what was it like for you to sit back, I know for me, uh, and, and listen to the Chief talk about the history of this department. I mean, wh- what
2: is it like for you? Well, it's great because I've known Richie since I was a kid, and Richie... So when I first became Chief, I mean, like Richie's been Chief multiple times, so I've been in the ranks since around 1996. Richie was my mentor. He was ahead of me. So he was a great guy to learn from, just firematic wise. wise right. but the history that... he's a walking history book, yeah. as you saw. I mean, anything you ask that guy about this fire department in this village, he knows. So him being in his building is perfect. They're almost connected at the soul. Absolutely. This building yeah, and Richie. Yeah. Uh, so I love talking to him about like the older things in the village. I'm 56, I know a lot of stuff about this village, but he knows even way more. You know, I always tease him, you know, there's been a gross in his fire department since 1887. I call it Jebediah Gross. <laughs> but it's almost true. I mean, you right. know, he'll tell you, oh, my uncle Siegelbaum Gross was the first guy to drove a horse in the village for a fire truck. It's just great listening to him and talk with yeah. the history. He's the he's a fourth generation. Yeah. his daughter who, who drives a truck downstairs a fifth and she has a daughter and I'm sure Kamai will be the sixth generation gross. So it's yeah. really great to see that history just keep going and going. But he's just a world of knowledge, man. He's just absolutely awesome. I mean, almost I mean,
1: we're, we're approaching 50 years in the fire service I and mean, that, that it is some, some feet and, you know, at 49 years to be able to sit here and have that experience uh, and listen to him talk and listen to the history of his department and the passion that he has, okay. you know, this is what we're trying to tell guys and girls in the fire service right now. This is why we did this show, you know, to let people know, like, this is what it's about, man. Oh, it's about our culture, our history, our traditions. Yeah. Um, yeah, the new trucks are great, and the equipment's awesome, and the training's great. Mm-hmm. But to be able to sit on a couch like this and talk to guys and, and learn about the history of this department, um, it's, it's, it's awesome.
2: Well, when I first got in, like, my father's generation, or Richie's father, uh, they were still around. They were still very active. So as a young kid, I would come in and just listen to their stories in the old days. Then they'd tell you some really crazy stories that I won't mention on camera. <laughs> but then you'd be like, wait a minute. You like go to church on Sundays. Really? <laughs> but uh, So, you know, for me, it was just this, just sit back like a sponge and absorb. Yeah. And you're right. I think the younger generation, they're missing out if they don't learn the history of the department, especially if people just see this at Richie. Man, if anyone in your audience ever comes by and sees man, just knock on the door or bring him up here, and I guarantee two minutes at Richie will change your minds. But yeah, I think the history is very important. That's yeah. how you keep going, man. And I still, I've known Richie my whole life. I still love listening to the guy talk about the fire department. Right. I learn something new every day. Chief, I watched you uh, sit
1: in the chair watching uh, Richie talk, and, and again, you, you can tell
2: that you're paying attention, and you're still in awe. I really am. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to tell him he's sitting right there. Yeah, yeah, We don't you know, want to big get stuff, But it's absolutely true. He's just a walking history book, and that's the bottom line. Not a lot of people do that. So, right. you know, to your point, yeah, man, a younger generation, sit back and talk to the older members. Go upstairs. Look through your records. Uh, we currently, across the street, we don't have a place like this. But one of our members looked in one of the like we have two closets. He went in it and found the original minutes from the night we were organized from 1899. And that's really Bro, the only it's awesome. left. But that's yeah. why I love coming here. And when people come to our firehouse from all over, I say, yo, oh, you want to see something really cool? And they have the same reaction that Chris did. They're like, yeah. oh my God, look at this place. Yeah, you walk in, it's like it's like, wow, you're almost in the museum. Yeah, fires. Like you said, it's a brotherhood and a sisterhood. Mm-hmm. It's your other family. Um, I like to call it a dysfunctional family sometimes, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're all there for each other. Yeah. And people got to realize we are volunteer. Um, you know, it takes a lot, as you guys know. Just the minimum required training now oh, yeah. is a lot to ask for yeah. someone, um, but oh, they yeah. do it. So I just want the people in the community to really kind of appreciate it a little more. I mean, know that, I know they go, "Hey, thanks, guys," but I don't think they understand what it really takes to run a volunteer fire the, department. The commitment. The commitment yeah, is yeah. huge. Just coming in the doors like 180 hours doing firefighter one, it's a little rough to do for some people. So Absolutely, the people yeah. do it should really be given a pat on the back. Uh, but I just want the community to know we're always here for them, and I encourage them to join. Because I, the funny thing is, I go on calls. People are like, "What's happening?" I tend to be a little snarky or salty sometimes. I go, "You want to know?" They go, "Yeah." I go, "Join the department. <laughs> You'll know everything." <laughs> and it usually doesn't go over well. Yeah, no, it's I can't it imagine comes. it does. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: I'd be remiss to ask, not to ask, rather, so the legend of Sleepy
2: Hollow. So from the fire department's perspective, what is it? For us, it's a sense of pride. It's a sense of us. Um, we love it. Uh, if you'll notice, uh, some of our T-shirts are going online. when new one we says, don't lose your head. People <laughs> love it. I mean, you know, and if you look at our truck across the street, it's orange and black. And eventually the whole department's going to be that way. That's cool. So for us, you know, like New York City is New York City. You know what I mean? So your smaller towns, I mean, they have an identity, but we're actually recognized worldwide. You know, outside of Salem, Massachusetts, when you think about Halloween, it's us. Absolutely. So it's great. Anytime I go somewhere, if I'm wearing are you really from Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, man, it's awesome. And the best is people go, does a horseman really ride up and down the streets? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> you know, but oh, it's great. And especially at Halloween time, it's fun. It's great for the village. So, I love it. So tell our, tell our audience, like, what's the, what's the tale? So roughly, just in a nutshell, it's a uh, kind of a twisted love story. Uh, one guy had eyes for another guy's girl, and then uh, at the end of the day, there was a curse put on him. Then he chased Ichabod Crane across her bridge and threw a pumpkin at his head. It's a whole. It's a lot longer than that, and way more to it than that. But it's basically a Halloweens' horseman, as a spirit, rides around with a flaming pumpkin on his head, uh, trying to seek vengeance for because someone stole his girl. Yeah, that would, that would upset But at me. the end of the day, it's, you know, love. It's crazy. It's a four-letter word.
1: <laughs> so there, there's the story of Sleepy Hollow, because I know on the way here, Chris is like, I need to know what happened. Like, I need to know exactly what happened. So buy the it book. It was really more for Chris than it was yeah. for the audience, but buy the book. Google it for you young kids out there. You don't know what a book is. Yeah, the audio book. You can listen to audio book. <laughs> we got a two-hour ride back, so we can listen to an audio book yeah, and the story. But chief, listen, thanks so much for having us. Uh, it was such a such a great opportunity for us as part of the show to come check out sleepy hollow. Uh, I know I was here, um, to check this place out and immediately when I got here, I'm like, yeah, this is it, man. Yeah. The black and orange trucks. That's, yeah, that's man. awesome. It's wrong. such a cool, and I love, I love the fact you guys embrace it so much in your department and embrace the history, uh, and the tale and make it your own, which is so cool. You got it. You got to use it. Yeah, absolutely. Chief. Thanks again, bro. I really time, appreciate stay it. safe. Absolutely. You too. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking to us. It was really cool to get your perspective as well, um, and the senior guys in the house and this department as a whole. Um, final thoughts, anything you'd like to say?
4: Um, hopefully, you know, the audience watching, you know, come out, see so Sleepy Hall every now and then. You'll see me, you'll see all, all, all those other guys. Um, we'll, sh- we'll show you around. We're good awesome. people. So open doors here. Open doors here, open door policy, yeah.
1: So there you have it. Here at Sleepy Hollow, this was an excellent episode. I really got, I enjoyed talking to you and you know, to the Chiefs, which is awesome. Likewise. The firehouses are awesome, right? It's, it was rainy, so we got rained out as far as like getting an opportunity to see all the people walking around, but you see that all the time. Oh yeah. And if you're looking for t-shirts, they're sold out. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can get t-shirts here, uh, contact the fire department. Tell everybody how they can contact the fire department.
4: Um, we have a few social media pages. We have at Sleepy Hollow Fire on Instagram. I have at TowerLotta38 also on Instagram. Columbia Hose, on Instagram um, uh, sleepyhollowny.gov it's our website you can, awesome you'll see uh, links for merges um, we also have a Facebook page SHFDNY or FD NY all right awesome
1: and we'll put all those uh, those links in the description too so you can check it out that way in case you forgot everything because <laughs> I already forgot what you said all right guys thanks so much for popping in more to come here at the Productions take care be well And Happy Halloween.